0: Welcome to an inspirational message, recorded live at Little Falls Christian Center. Father, we just thank you. Lord, I just love this song. It is the entire Gospel captured in one song. We believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We believe in the death, we believe in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this morning we just want to say thank you for that precious blood that was shed for every one of us. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. I hope you all greeted one another this morning. And uh, I need to just tell you, I was heavily coaxed into this morning's message. Between Harold and Jacques and George, I didn't have much of a choice. And uh, they just said, you know, you've just shared on giving through all these years, please take this morning's message. And at first I didn't want, and then I thought, you know what, Lord, and then I will tell you as I go along exactly what happened. But I wanna start with, with a joke. But this is a very special joke because it has relevance on my message this morning. You all know who Sherlock Holmes and Watson are. Well, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson They went on a camping trip and on all aspects of starting and uh, they, they had a good meal and they had a bottle of wine and they lay down and they slept. Some hours later, Holmes woke up and he nudged Watson, his faithful friend, and he said, Watson, look up and tell me what do you see? And Watson says, well, I see millions and millions of stars. And Holmes said, what does that tell you? Watson pondered for a moment and then he responded and he said, well, astronomically it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, I observe that Saturn is in Leo. Horologically, I deduce that the time is approximately a quarter to three. Theologically, I can see that God is all-powerful and that we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, I suspect that we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. Why, what does that tell you? Holmes was silent for a moment, and then he smirked. Watson, you idiot, someone has stolen our tent. (laughs) Some of you knew that joke, but I just love it over and over again. Well, this morning, I'm going to speak about our magnificent God and I'm going to share very briefly with you on my omnipotent Saviour. Who is this God that we serve? We know it's the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you about the Father whom Jesus introduced to us as our Father. You see, it wasn't just His Father, it was our Father as well and this omnipotent, omnipresent God. What does this mean? The word tells us that God is all powerful invincible, invincible. He's unstoppable. He is supreme. He is the creator. Who is mere man? We live in a minuscule, infinitesimal moment, of time and space. You see, where God lives, there is no time. There is just space. He's everywhere at the same time. Yet the Father chose us. We represent Him in this earth, and we need to understand and grasp that we've been made in His likeness and His image but how many of us really live the godlike lifestyle? God's final word was in His Son. When He said in Hebrews chapter one, verse three, who being the brightness of the Father's glory, the express image of His Father's person, and upholding all things by the word of His power. Now, in the Amplified, it says all things, the entire physical and spiritual universe are upheld by His powerful spoken word. In other words, He is carrying this universe along to its predetermined goal. Everything that's happening right now, believe it or not, no matter what's going on in Israel, Ukraine, I read somewhere that there was something like 57 or 58 wars in the world right now. No matter what happened, God knew what was happening. God is in control. And yet sometimes we think we are in control. What is the role of the Holy Spirit? Jesus was sitting with his disciples and he was telling them about the time that was coming when he would have to leave them. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I would be terribly sad to the point of depression. But Jesus said to them in John chapter 14, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. What was the purpose? What did this helper come? What was his function? The Holy Spirit, the comforter, the advocate, the intercessor, the counselor, the strengthener, the standby, and this Holy Spirit would be with you forever. Why? Because he's the spirit of truth. You see, truth lasts forever, lies fade and die. Satan will eventually be thrown into the lake of fire. He is the father of lies. And then he said, the world does not receive this because they cannot take it into their hearts because it does not know him and it does not see him, but you know him, we know him, why? because He remains with you and in you continuously. Wow, what a promise. You know, we have to ask the Holy Spirit every day, Ephesians 1.18, that the eyes of our understanding will be opened. The eyes, our spiritual eyes, our spiritual ears. But it says in the New Living Translation, it says here in Ephesians 1.18, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, so that you can understand, and this is important, the confident hope he has given to those that he has called. Folk, every one of us, the world has been called to follow God, but not everybody, because we have a free will, has chosen to serve him. But if you are serving Him, you and I can have a confident hope. And He says, His holy people who are His rich and glorious inheritance. You see, the Father gave us to the Son. We are Jesus' inheritance, but He is ours as well. And I'm gonna speak a little bit about this inheritance. We have something as born again children of God that the world who does not know Him does not have. What do we have? We have access to God's inheritance. You know, if you had a very rich or have a very rich father or mother or aunt or uncle and they die, it's very sad. But many folk can't wait to get to that lawyer where he's going to tell you what is your inheritance. And what a surprise it'll be if you're not one of them. But our Father doesn't disappoint us. He's given us a very rich inheritance when, sorry, not in the sweet by and by, the right here and now. Do you receive that? You know, we think that, okay, giving to God is planting seed in the heavenlies and one day we're going to reap the harvest. I've got news for you. When we give, we are a farmers. We are farmers sowing the seed right now, right here, waiting for the harvest in this time. And I want you to listen to this scripture, which I just love, it's in Mark chapter ten, verse twenty-nine. What is God's inheritance for you? And Jesus was Jesus was speaking. He said, "I assure you that everyone who has given up house, brothers, sisters, mothers, farmers, property, uh, fathers, property, children, for my sake and for the good news will receive now, now, in return." A hundred times, many houses. I don't know about you, but I just need one. Many houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers. And, and I wanna share something with you. Here are our mothers and fathers, sisters, brothers. You see, when you're born again, we, come, we become family. This is our family. If you've lost your family, no, you haven't. Here's your family. We need to get that revelation. And then he said, and in the world to come, now he speaks of the future, that person will receive eternal life. And here is something for you, if you're really feeling small and insignificant in this world, you maybe don't have anything, or maybe you've got a little, maybe you've got much. But listen to this, many who are the greatest now will be the least important. And those who seem the least important now will be the greatest then. Amen. Can I see all the least important people here this morning? And if you haven't raised your hands, it says you will become the least important. Amen. Moses, of course, gave a very successful key to living this life in the kingdom. He said in Exodus 19, verse 5, now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant. Now, that's very important. God says, obey me, keep my covenant. You will be my own special treasure. I don't know about you, but I know I wanna be a special treasure of God. From among the peoples on the earth, and yeah, God says something very powerful again. For all the earth belongs to me. You think you've got something? When we go into that grave, we go with nothing. Just when you think you've got everything, you're going to find out you've got nothing. We were talking about some really rich people the last few days. And I want to tell you, my heart went out to them because I realized they actually have nothing. Nothing. What are you holding on to? Those few more days that I'm going to live? No. I'm holding on to eternal life. I know that whatever happens, yeah, I know where I'm going. My future is not in this world. My future is living with God. Living with the Lord Jesus forever and ever. Hallelujah. You can give the Lord a praise offering. Now the covenant is a promise. It's a pledge, and the Lord Jesus affirmed it with his blood. You see, For a a will to come into effect, somebody has to die. Jesus had to die for his will to come into effect. But there was something more than just him dying. If he just came to die, it wouldn't have really meant all that much. But it was his blood that ratified and brought to fruition our salvation. It was that blood that had to be taken up to the heavenly tabernacle so that His will could be enacted and we could be the benefactors of the greatest, greatest inheritance ever. So we need to have a revelation of God's covenant. And I just get so excited when I read all these things Don't let the Father, and then I I actually, I missed the scripture, but I've got to read it. I've got to read it. It says here in Hebrews chapter eight, verse six, it says, but now, Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood, for it, he is the one who mediates, he's doing so right now, for us, a far better covenant with God And based on better promises. Now, did God make a mistake in the Old Testament? Why did it have to be redone? Here's the answer. But when God found fault with his people, he said, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel in that day, says the Lord. And here comes the crux. I will put my laws in their minds, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Folk, the old people, the, the Old Testament, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. Why do we have? the success we can have in the kingdom because the holy spirit is living inside of us he is empowering us to overcome the very things that israel could not overcome did you hear what i said Israel did not have the empowerment within themselves because the Holy Spirit was upon, but never within. So God comes and He says, now wait a minute, Yes, my Holy Spirit, you know how, now have the power within you, now you are able to overcome. When you think you cannot do something, or you can't overcome those addictions, or you are unable to keep your mind, I've got news for you. It's time that you call on the Holy Spirit to help you, to enable you, to empower you, to overcome what God has already done for you. Amen. Don't let the Father find fault with us. He wants to direct us, guide us, and show us the way through His Holy Spirit. We think we are in control. We are deceived. We have no control of what will happen today, what will happen tomorrow, what will happen next week, next year. No control. folk. Don't make a decision without the Lord. I'm getting there. We are so consumed with with ourselves, with what we want, that we don't realise it's not about us. It's about what He wants and what He wants to do in and through us. We must redirect our focus to become kingdom-minded and no longer earthly-minded, you know, I was struck this, this week. It was a pastor, Africa, speaking. And I was listening to him. I was really absorbed with what this man was speaking about. But he said this, cultures are man-made. Don't come and tell me, I've got a Buddha culture. I've got an African culture. I've got a Zulu culture. I want to tell you, I'm a kingdom of God person. Amen. E Stanley Jones made a statement. He said, "Father God, may I be may I be so absorbed, may I be possessed, obsessed with the kingdom of God. And if I miss it, I miss it well." We are we have to be so careful. I was speaking to Pastor Tabu Ngidi. Him and I We've walked 30 years together. I can't believe it when he told me. And he said to me, "Maud, I'm so busy with my people getting this culture out of them. He said, and it's so difficult, but he says the kingdom is growing, hallelujah. I was so excited when I heard this. Anyway, the Bible, and I heard Harold with the offering, he said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And you see, when we have the mind of Christ, we will not make the mistakes that we're making. Last week on the 11th of November, Elise put that up for me. At 5.24, I sat watching the sun come up over the treetops. And you can be jealous of me. It doesn't matter. That's a good jealousy. But I want to show you what I see in the mornings at five o'clock from my desk. You see, Pastor Harold keeps his curtains closed. I open mine. (laughs) We both got the same view. Look what I see. And then I stole one from him when he did open the curtains. Look at that one. Can you believe it? This is the sunset. This is our awesome God. And while I was sitting there, that was actually the sunset of the morning as I was preparing. And as I was sitting there, the Father, I always go into my section of the house and I start the morning with, good morning, Father. Good morning, Lord Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. And then God just dropped this word into my heart. I acknowledged my total dependency on him. And I realized that my creator knows me intimately. He knows my every thought. He loves me and he loves you. He, he wants to trust me and he wants to trust you. With a focus on Thanksgiving that's coming up, Why do things go wrong in our lives? And I venture to say, every one of us have asked this question. Why do things go wrong in our lives? You see, the Bible speaks of baptism 40 verses, in 40 verses in the Bible. And please, if you have not been baptized, it's time to become obedient to the Word of God. I was a very good Methodist. Harold was a very good Dutch reformer, but I want to tell you, we were captured in religious tradition. And when I realized I have to be born again, a child cannot be born again until he makes the decision of his will. I had to be born again, and I had to follow my Saviour through the baptismal waters. And if you haven't been baptized as a believer The waters are waiting, we've even got clothing for you. After the second service, tonight we're gonna be doing that. So the Bible speaks 40 times about baptism. The Bible speaks 275 times about prayer. The Bible speaks about faith 350 times. It's impossible to please God without faith. The Bible speaks about love. 650 times. God is love. But the Bible speaks about finances, material possessions, and wealth 2,350 times. Now I ask the question how important is our money matters? and our giving to God. Because God knew what would trip us up. I believe we fail in life when we pursue our own selfish, self-centered desires and decisions, and we do not acknowledge God's ownership of our lives, of our finances, of our decision-making. For us to succeed, God must have constant involvement in every decision we make. And if you're battling with that, I suggest a bottle of water and 24 hour fasting. And in that 24 hours, concentrate on just giving God the glory and the praise and the honor. And every time you wanna think of something else, bring it back to God. Take your word, Put your earpods on and listen and saturate yourself with the Word of God. I said here, for us to succeed, we must have constant involvement. He wants us, we must understand that He wants us to have things. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to look good, to be good, to have good. That's why He made this earth for us. But He doesn't want the goods and the riches to have us. And that's where our problem comes in. When we choose God's will over our will, the worst thing God could have done to us was give us a free will. Did you hear what I said? And I'm using Bob Mumford's explanation. He says, in my suit I've got a pocket here, I've got a pocket inside, I've got a pocket here. And if I tell my kids you can look in those three pockets but don't touch this pocket, they're not interested in those three pockets. They just want to know what's in this pocket that they can't look into. Why? They have a free will to do so or not to do so. We have a free will to serve God, to render our thoughts, our money, our things to God. We have a will to hold on and to keep it. I said, to you when we choose God's will over our will, it will change the decisions we make, and God's blessing and approval and His uncommon favor. What does uncommon favor mean? Unusual, exceptional, special favor will be upon us. I just briefly want to get into our testimony. You know, Pastor Jacques spoke about, will God remember me? It was the cry of Nehemiah's heart, when he knew how to go and build the wall around Jerusalem. Pastor George spoke about the seeds of hope. Both of their lives speak of financial obedience, blessing, and provision. You know, when Harold selects leaders, he always looks at their lifestyles and God directs him in the direction. Harold and I, we're not perfect, we're flawed. We have a sin nature, just like everybody else. But you know what, we took courage. I look at Moses, I love Moses, he's my favorite. And I think, he murdered somebody. I look at David, boy, David got up to mischief. But you know what, he was the apple of God's eye. God loved him. Elijah, wow, that man. 950 Baal priests and um, Esther's priests, sorry, my throat this morning, they were slaughtered, literally. He did away with idolatry. Here was this great man of God with all strength and power and might. And the next moment he hears, a woman is after him. Her name is Jezebel. What happened to the poor man? He ran for his life. And then he asked God and begged God to kill him, the very man who was going to go in a chariot of fire to heaven and not die. But it said that he prayed, and for three and a half years it didn't rain. And then he prayed again. What does it tell you about Elijah? It tells you he was a man that knew the power of prayer. What an encouragement. Harold and I, In our early lives, we were searching, we were unfulfilled, we were were frustrated, we were seeking God. We we actually didn't know what we were seeking. And I don't wanna go into the testimony, but what I do know, the Holy Spirit was preparing us. The Holy Spirit was taking us to a point where we could say, God, we've had enough. This is it, God now and forever. We had to come to that place in our lives. And you know what happened? We arrived at a Pentecostal church just like this one. Why do I say that? You see, we didn't experience the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, being filled with the Spirit, water baptism, tithing. It was the full gospel that we had been missing all of our lives. And we experienced that and we knew this was what God wanted for us. This changed our destination. It changed our faith. It broke our dead religious traditions, our belief systems. We got baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we started tithing. And you know, it's so interesting with the tithing aspect because George shared it as well. It's the hardest thing to do. It's easier to make a decision to go and get baptized it's easier to make the deci- so many decisions in this world, but the decision to give a tithe was the hardest thing that Harold had to do. I didn't have a problem. He was earning the money. I was just giving it away. <laughs> I'm joking. I was very much part of it. And yet, when God touched him, we never stopped. It was the tithing that got him into ministry. I haven't got time to go into this, but we we were in the AFM church, and when he got turned on to God and and the tithing revelation broke through, we started tithing, and there they wanna see what you give every month. So you gotta tell them, this is your tithing. And when they were considering him, Uh, they said, okay, let's first look if he's been tithing because you've got to tithe there a year before you can go to the Bible college. That's way back then. And I'll never forget, they said it's three months and one man came up for him and said, no, wait a minute, I know that guy. And if you don't take him, he's gonna go somewhere else and he's gonna turn turn the situation around. And that's exactly what happened. We were accepted all because of our tithing. But God has been faithful to our lives. And I don't wanna go into too much. I said, yeah, we discovered that giving... Uh, giving out, our, we, we, we started by giving out of our need. We realized what it was to give in times of drought and through it all, God never, never forsook us. So many think that they will start when they have enough. I've heard this so many times. Just wait, just wait. And it was a man with the name of Mickey Rodríguez, and he won't mind me, I don't even know if he's alive anymore and he won't mind me telling the story. But he was a millionaire in dollars, and he turned to God, and God told him to back that horse. God told him. So he went and he drew all his money and he put it on that horse, and that horse never left the gate. <laughs> we sometimes give God the blame for our mistakes and wrong decisions. We need to be so careful with what we do. Malachi became our guiding scripture for our giving to the Lord. There is no get get rich quick scheme. I'm telling you, I've seen this too many times. Boy, (laughs) gentlemen, you will excuse me. But man, so many times I've seen them with the chickens that haven't even hatched yet. Oh, I'm gonna do this. Oh, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do this. And that egg hasn't got a chicken in it. And their dreams are flawed. And that experience that they go through, they almost lose their faith. Folk, be careful what the mistakes that we make. When we're in God, we have the mind of Christ, we will not make the mistakes we make. God must be our focus, knowing his word, and never, never forsaking him. You know, Malachi 3, it says, will a man rob God? And God says, you have robbed me. He was talking to Israel. But you're saying, what way have we robbed you? You see, the priests had gone out to work. There was no more money in the temple of God to sustain them. And it's a very, very sad situation. And he said, you are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me this whole nation. Harold and I had to come to grips with something. And I want you to hear what I'm saying. <clears throat> Many times I hear people, oh, don't give to that church. They, they just look for money. No, when Harold and I started giving, right from the beginning, we realized we were giving to God. We were not giving to a church. Harold and I are still giving to God and this is our church. And we had an incident. We 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 left the AFM, and I don't want to go into detail. And I'll never forget. We were standing at the door, and one of the pastors of this church came out. Man, and he knocked the pastor and his wife. We had just started that day. We put our first tithing check in the offering. And Harold and I just went stone cold. And we were on our way with the children. We were going to go and have a picnic. And Harold said, oh, I didn't expect that. I said, you know what, Harold? We gave to God. We didn't give to the church. We didn't give to that pastor and his wife. And please, the stories were rubbish as well, okay? We didn't give to the pastor. We gave to God. You see, God sees our offering, but what is the purpose of the offering? We get to Malachi 3, chapter 10. God says Yeah bring, Malachi says, bring all the tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And I said, yeah, so that the shepherds could also be fed. You see, the sheep are spiritually fed by the shepherds. Yeah, on a Sunday, what do sheep provide? We don't want to kill our sheep because mutton is great. But you know what? If they fleece the sheep, I mean, there's so much money in the wool. Who can say Amen? But it, sheep have got the funds to sustain the house of God, and it's not to give personally to a pastor. It's to give into the storehouse that God has established, so that there may be an an extension of his kingdom beyond these walls. This morning, you saw all about that. We give because God said that we had put him to the test. God says, test me now in this and see if I won't. And here comes our lifelong provision that God promised us. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour out a blessing that you will not be able to contain. And then he goes on and he says, here comes our lifelong protection. Then I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he says here that he will, the Satan will not be able to destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will the vine in the field drop its grapes. Folk, we've got to learn to trust God. You know, when people don't trust, nine times out of 10, it's because they don't trust themselves. We've gotta learn to put our trust in God and we've gotta trust ourselves so that others can trust us as well. God has got to trust us with His money, not our money. God has given us the ability to make that money, but it's His money. This month is the month of thanksgiving. And Harold knows, Erica knows, we try every year to outgive our previous year. And this is another year that we are going to do that. And I just said to Harold, please, can we give that amount? He said, absolutely, go ahead. Next week, we'll be handing out our envelopes. Those of you that are online, All our, I want to say thank you for banking online. We don't like to handle a lot of cash here. So a lot of banking is done, and most of the people give online. I want to say thank you. I want you to take your husband or your wife, if you are a single mother or father, take the hands with your children, pray to God, what you are to give in this special month. And you need to know, this is way above our tithing. Harold and I give above our tithing. Our tithing goes out every month. But every year, God has provided. And one year, and I, I, I finished with this, I've got a minute, three minutes, but one minute. Harold and I, we were riding to church and I was going to give. And it's, it's substantial amounts, folk. And it was a lot of money for us. And on the way, God just moved on me. And I said, Harold, can I double that? And he said, yeah, go ahead. And when I got to church and I stepped out the car, I said, Harold, can we double that? He said, go ahead. And I got the scripture that David gave when he was collecting for the temple. Although he never built the temple, he collected. When Solomon, all he had to do was to build it, he had everything. But David, it says, gave more than them all. And I had that scripture and I said, Harold, I really believe that scripture David had to give more than them all for Israel to bring in the resources. And I'll never forget on the Monday, the lady that deals with the finances, she just said this to me, Maud, you and Pastor Harold gave more than them all. And I knew I had heard from God. Folk, as we get ready to bring our special time, we as a church, we are also needing so much so much is going out, lighting systems, all kinds of things. We just wanna thank you for your faithfulness and your obedience through this year and thank God for you. But you also now have come to the time where you must thank God for sustaining you and carrying you through. Give the Lord a praise <laughs> offering. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefoolsonline.com.